the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining Alan Jackson Ministries. And may I, may I tell you the truth? Most people's answer will be no. We have to be pretty persistent just to fill volunteer slots for children's ministry. Standing in the gap is a different kind of an invitation altogether. Say, oh, I don't have to do this. I'm a Christian. I've said this. I... I'm not calling your, your eternity into question, but I want to call into question your imagination that serving the Lord doesn't require something of you. Who told you that? Alan Jackson Ministries believes the church is an initiative of Jesus, and we intend to get behind that initiative in any way possible. Messages like what you're about to hear are not just broadcasted through radio and television. They're also available as podcasts and streamed online globally. It's all funded through supporters who believe in the mission. Together, our goal is to help individuals become more fully devoted followers of Christ and to lead with their faith in every area. Search Alan Jackson Ministries to learn more. Before we get to today's message, Pastor Alan wants to offer you a way to be more intentional with your faith. We put some tools together that I believe will be a tremendous resource for you in this season. It begins with our book, Intentional Faith. It's a very simple premise, but it's a very powerful tool in our lives. If we don't intend for an outcome, it's very improbable we'll achieve it. You know, most of us would be happy if we lost five pounds, but unless we intend to do something about it, I'm not going to wake up thinner tomorrow. I'll have to change my diet, my exercise habits. Well, we would probably like more spiritual freedom or more spiritual stability or freedom from worry or anxiety, but we need a pathway to get there. Well, that's the point of this book. Ten simple ideas that if you'll implement in your life will help cultivate a set of patterns that will bring us to a place of stability and freedom in the Lord. We'll do it together. I even built a tool to go along with it. It's 100 Days of Faith, videos and emails. It's a 100-day devotional. I will join you. We'll spend a few moments together every day taking another step to secure God's best and His blessings for our lives. We even added a journal to it so you can keep a record of what God is doing in your life. Here's the notion. We, we can't keep doing the thing we've always been doing and expect a better outcome. That's insanity, and we all understand it. We can't wish evil away. Get a copy of Intentional Faith. Make a journey of 100 days of faith with me. Keep a journal of what God is doing, and we'll be in a new place in the season ahead. God bless you. Pastor Allen's book, Intentional Faith, provides a pathway to deepen your faith in just 100 days. Using practical wisdom and biblical principles, he offers 10 steps to invite God's direction into your life and help you draw closer to him. Request the book today when you donate $40 or more, and we'll also send our Intentional Faith Journal. And we have another resource available that is absolutely free, our 100-day of faith email journey. Subscribe online at alanjackson.com. We are excited to offer you these faith-growing resources. 
Request yours today at alanjackson.com or by calling 855-577-2255. That's 855-577-2255. This spring, you're invited to World Outreach Church. Kicking off Easter weekend and continuing through the first weekend of May, we'll be celebrating with services outside and inside that Jesus is Lord. There'll be food trucks and musical guests like Michael W. Smith, Phil Wickham, CeCe Winans, and more. It will be a celebration so big that you'll have to say, Wow! So plan your weekend trip to Tennessee by going to alanjackson.com for each weekend's details and let us know you're coming. We're so glad you're here to listen. Today's program will complete the message we began yesterday. Here's Pastor Allen with part two of Standing in the Gap. Now, I took Moses' life, and I think you'll know most of this story. And I just wanted to walk through it with you for a moment. Because I think our tendency is to want to imagine that to be a person who stands in the gap, you have to be a unique sort of a person. And I think we'll find reasons to give ourselves latitude pain, you know, things that have happened to us. And we'll say, well, you know, not me. But there's just a list of bullets. And these are all straight out of Moses' life. You'll know them if you've watched. Most of them you'll know if you have watched Cecil B. DeMille. Or you've watched The Prince of Egypt. Either way, you'll know Moses is a, a cartoon character. Or you'll know him as Charlton Heston. How disappointing it would be to get to heaven. And Moses is about 4'2 with a squeaky voice. We start, he was rejected as an infant. I know you can tell the story and say that his parents spared him. They hid him for a season, but they got to the point where hiding their child was no longer convenient for them. It put them at too great a risk. So they put him in a basket and set him adrift in the Nile River. Now you can put dramatic spins on that, folks. That's rejection. Can we agree? That's a tough way to begin your life. And then he grows up as a foreigner in the palace. Because it's apparent, it seems to be from the context of scripture, it's known that he was drawn from the river. And even though he grew up as the son of Pharaoh's daughter, he understood and those around him understood he was a descendant of the Hebrew slaves. So he grows up never quite fitting in. And it has an impact on him because when we see him as a young man, He's filled with rage and anger when he sees an Egyptian taskmaster and abusing a slave. He he doesn't show him his palace credentials and suggest that he redirect his activities. He kills him. It's a pretty logical outcome of the rejection, the displacement in the palace. He's an angry young man. And now he's a fugitive. He can no longer stay in Egypt. And all of the privilege that has defined his life, all the knowledge that he's gained from growing up in Pharaoh's palace, all of the special opportunities, all the things that had uniquely giving him a life opportunity seem to have just evaporated in a moment, and he's a fugitive. And for decades, he lives as a Bedouin sheep herder, quite literally on the backside of the desert. 
Until one day he has this remarkable encounter at a burning bush. And it always seems to me that the scripture says, if you look at Exodus 3, it says, when Moses turned aside to see the bush that was burning, God called to him from the bush. The implication, it seems to me, is that Moses had passed some other's opportunities and had never turned aside to look. That on this particular day, if he'd have kept moving, moving, God would have stayed silent. This wasn't an encounter Moses sought. It isn't something he's volunteering for. God is recruiting him, but it requires Moses' participation. And he's a very reluctant recruit. Do you remember the story? He says, well, who will I say sent me? And God says, you tell them I am sent me. And he says, well, what if they don't listen? And he says, well, what's that in your hand? It's a staff and throw it down. It became a snake. Moses ran, smart man. And God said, go back and pick it up. And it became a staff again. And he said, yeah, but still. And put your hand in your cloak. And when he took it out, it was leprous, incurable disease. Put it back. It's better again. Yeah, but I don't talk plain. Now God's getting angry with him. I mean, Moses is not anxious for this assignment. He's tried Egypt. It didn't work well. It was a painful place for him. From his childhood, from his young adulthood, he failed in that place. It's it's not a place he's anxious to revisit. And he certainly doesn't want to go back with an assignment to tell Pharaoh that the slaves have to be set free. See, I'm not sure that this notion that we, to being a person who stands in the gap is, is, is something that you embrace with like joy and high fives. I th- so we'll see it. I'm not finished with everything I want to bring you. But in many instances, it seems to me that, that there's enough awareness that when you make the choice, you understand you're embarking on a journey that is not necessarily about convenience or comfort. And are you willing to do it? And may I, may I tell you the truth? Most people's answer will be no. We have to be pretty persistent just to fill volunteer slots for children's ministry. Standing in the gap is a different kind of an invitation altogether. Say, oh, I don't have to do this. I'm a Christian. I've said this. I, I'm not calling your, your eternity into question, but I want to call into question your imagination that serving the Lord doesn't require something of you. Who told you that? And where did you find it in the book? So Moses accepts the assignment and he heads back to Egypt. He's a reluctant recruit. And he meets with Pharaoh. Seems like to me there's a lot of emotion around that. They'd grown up together. All the components of sibling rivalry wouldn't be in place. And Moses has fled and Moses is back. And he knows the behind the scenes story and... He meets with Pharaoh and he said, you're going to have to let these people go. There's not a chance. It's not happening. And so the confrontation begins to break into the open. And now the hardship for the Hebrews intensifies. And guess who they're angry with? Moses. It's a pattern that's going to hold all the way through to the promised land. What have you done to us now? What are you doing to us? Well, if you'll shut up and listen, I'm trying to get you out of the brick pits. Don't you know he wanted to say that? (laughs) 
And then the plagues, you know the drama. The plagues come, the Passover death comes to Egypt. You know, we read that as this, it, it, it's a triumphant night, but it's a very sobering night. A victory at what price? Imagine the fear in that land. I understand it's a time of rejoicing, but I'm telling you, it's a, it's a bittersweet moment. So they're free now. 400 years of slavery, it's over and we're free of Egypt. We've plundered Egypt. We've got the gold and the silvers and their flocks that are left and and our herds. We're free for the first time in our history, for, for the first time in any of the stories we can tell around a fire. We're free. And for Moses, it's a whole new set of challenges. Yesterday... The Egyptians fed us. And yesterday we drank water from the Nile. And yesterday we didn't need any direction. We had to make bricks. And today we're free. Which way do we go? And what are we going to eat? And where's the water? And who are you? A whole new set of challenges. Nation building. Moses, I don't think he had an MBA in this. And God takes him to school. When you, we just read it, Leviticus and Numbers, all that stuff. You, you don't even like to read it. Can you imagine living it? Moses, come over here. I need to talk to you. We got to teach these people to worship. Huh? I was minding my own business. You got me at the bush. Nevertheless, we got to teach these people to worship. Tell them to make clothes that look like this. Tell them they need to bring their gold and their silver. Don't you know they were happy to hear all of that? We're going to have to teach them how to worship. We're going to have to teach them how to live in community. We're going to have to teach them how to be well. What to eat. We're going to have to talk to them about hygiene. Oh. I mean, I just did an Israel tour meeting. We had to talk about how to check in and out of the hotel. I don't even like to do that. Look at what Moses had to talk to him about. I mean, he got down in the business of their lives. Folks, do you think that was more fun for him than it would be for you? No. No. Then they have to do military training. I mean, God decimated the Egyptians. Wouldn't you just think he'd decimate everybody else that messed with you? Poof. They actually had to go to battle. They've been slaves. They haven't had military training. Nobody's been to boot camp. They've got no experience defending themselves. On top of all of those daily challenges, there's the consistent rebellion of the people. I mean, day after day, there's another group that steps up. I mean, one day Korah rebels and 250 people rebel with him. And the earth opens up and swallows Korah and his family. And God sends fire to consume the 250. And the next day, there's a new line of complainers. Are you kidding me? I mean, I pretty much think if this section of people said we hated the sermon and they all evaporated. I think I know you. This group of people would go buy CDs. Maybe I'm naive. I mean, there is consistent rebellion. And then finally they get to the brink of the promised land. And Moses sends in the spies. 
God tells him how to do it and he sends them in. And they come back. And 10 of the 12 spies say, "Uh uh-uh. And they're good enough. They're, They're good enough communicators and they're good enough leaders that they convince this entire group of people to stand against Moses. How do you think it felt that night? Are you kidding me? I left my life in the desert for this. I took those meetings with Pharaoh. I went up on the mountain and fasted and prayed and came back down. We just read it. I laid in the dust for 40. I fasted and prayed for you after your idolatry. And you're telling me no? Because these 10 people say no? You know, you know the outcome when God says to Moses, fine, turn them around. They'll die in the wilderness. Now at that point, if I'm in Moses' seat, I'm thinking it would have been okay if he would have let me go on in. But Moses gets an assignment to wander with this group of rebels for the rest of their lives. Standing in the gap. Thank you for listening to Alan Jackson Ministries. We'll be back to the message in just a moment. But first, Pastor Alan wants to tell you a little bit more about bringing fresh purpose and direction to your faith. We put some tools together that I believe will be a tremendous resource for you in this season. It begins with our book, Intentional Faith. It's a very simple premise, but it's a very powerful tool in our lives. If we don't intend for an outcome, it's very improbable we'll achieve it. You know, most of us would be happy if we lost five pounds, but unless we intend to do something about it, I'm not going to wake up thinner tomorrow. I'll have to change my diet, my exercise habits. Well, we would probably like more spiritual freedom or more spiritual stability or freedom from worry or anxiety, but we need a pathway to get there. Well, that's the point of this book. Ten simple ideas that if you'll implement in your life will help cultivate a set of patterns that will bring us to a place of stability and freedom in the Lord. We'll do it together. I even built a tool to go along with it. It's 100 Days of Faith, videos and emails. It's a 100-day devotional. I will join you. We'll spend a few moments together every day taking another step to secure God's best and His blessings for our lives. We even added a journal to it so you can keep a record of what God is doing in your life. Here's the notion. We, We can't keep doing the thing we've always been doing and expect a better outcome. That's insanity, and we all understand it. We can't wish evil away. Get a copy of Intentional Faith. Make a journey of 100 days of faith with me. Keep a journal of what God is doing, and we'll be in a new place in the season ahead. God bless you. Pastor Allen's book, Intentional Faith, offers 10 ways to bring more purpose and direction to your faith, your relationships, your community, and your life. Our Intentional Faith Journal comes alongside the book to help you put all your learning into practice. You can request the book and journal today when you donate $40 or more. Plus, we have another resource available that is absolutely free. Our 100 Day of Faith email journey. Sign up online at alanjackson.com. We're excited to offer you these intentional faith resources because they've changed other people's lives and they can help make your faith stronger too. Request your book and journal at alanjackson.com or by calling 855-577-2255. 
That's 855-577-2255. Thank you for supporting Alan Jackson Ministries as together we follow God into a new season. Now let's get back to Pastor Alan to wrap up part two of his message, Standing in the Gap. I'll wrap it up with New Testament. Moses made the New Testament as well. Hebrews 3, therefore, holy brothers, the author of Hebrews is making a point that Moses was faithful, but that Jesus was even more faithful. And for a Hebrew audience, that was not easy. Therefore, holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and high priest, we confess. He was faithful to the one appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. See, if we're not careful, we'll be guilty of giving honor to persons or institutions or denominations or translations or something more than we give honor to Jesus. Every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, testifying to what would be said in the future. What a remarkable line to be made about a human being. He was faithful in all God's house. See, I feel like there's a a set of prayers to be prayed, and I I didn't come tonight prepared to pray them with you, but I want to hand it to you. I, I think there's a set of prayers to be prayed. Lord, forgive me. My relationship with you has been pretty me-centric. Bless me. Help me. Deliver me. Prosper me. Give to me the things I want. And I don't think God's opposed to that. I, I believe in the blessings of God. But the narrowest circle in which you can live is a circle that's defined by me. And self. Moses was faithful in all of God's house. That whole story we just read, that really didn't bring a great deal to Moses. Brought a great deal of responsibility. Brought a great deal of questions. Brought a great deal of criticism. Now I understand in the end, yeah, it turned out really well, but if you're living that out, I... finished. There's one more passage there. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. It's a clear reference to the the hearts of the Hebrews that said no to the promised land. How do you avoid that? Encourage one another daily so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We've come to share in Christ if we hold firmly to the end the confidence that we had at first. Just as been said, today if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Weren't all of those Moses led out of Egypt? The ones who rebelled were the ones who walked through the Red Sea and ate the manna and drank the water from the rock. With whom was he angry for 40 years? Wasn't those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the desert? Whom God swore that they would never enter his rest? They were not able to enter because of their unbelief. I want to close with this. I want to be certain we understand that unbelief is not a neutral position. See, you either either choose to believe or you stand in unbelief. There's no third option here. 
I want to pray for you. Why don't you stand with me? Lord, thank you. I thank you for those who have stood in the gap on our behalf. Lord, those men and women who were difference makers, and because of their faith tonight, we stand here before you. Lord, often at the time, we didn't even recognize or understand. We didn't even appreciate. But I thank you for their lives. And Holy Spirit, I ask you to begin to help us. Help us to understand more fully what you've created us for. What you've called us to be. The assignments you have for us. May we not waste our days. May we not be distracted or deceived or be idolaters. But may we give our very best to you. Forgive us when we've been disinterested. Open our hearts and our minds to you in new ways. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for what you're preparing us for. I thank you that we will see the power of God demonstrated in our generation in ways we've never seen it before. That we will see countless lives changed, cities changed, regions of our nations changed. We praise you for it, Lord. We offer ourselves tonight as living sacrifices. Let it begin with us. Protect us. Keep us strong, body, soul, and spirit. Watch over us. Lord, we entrust ourselves to your care. I thank you that you're the author and the perfecter of our stories. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Pastor Allen's book, Intentional Faith, can help you grow your faith in just 100 days. You can request your copy when you donate $40 or more today. And we'll also send our Intentional Faith Journal, which helps you put Pastor Allen's book into practice. We have another resource available that is absolutely free, our 100-day of faith email journey. And you can sign up at allenjackson.com. Request your Intentional Faith resources today at allenjackson.com or by calling 855-577-2255. That's 855-577-2255. That's all for today on Alan Jackson Ministries. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time for another encouraging message. This program is sponsored by Alan Jackson Ministries. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.